Hey everyone, welcome to episode 71, Self-Fulfilling Prophecy. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. Now, this is very important in your own life and also with your kids, because the way that we think about our kids is going to be the way that they think about themselves. So I used the example last week of the cum folders, how I would study them and I would get all jacked up on adrenaline and fear. And then I would look for evidence of those things that I read in my students. And so once I was able to put those away, I put them in a filing cabinet. I told the kindergarten teachers I didn't want to talk to them. I told the principal, the system principal, the counselor. Counselor. I just wanted a blank slate. So I let them sit wherever they wanted. And what happened was the kids felt that they had a blank slate because I would tell them over and over and over all the things that were amazing about them. Now, imagine having a group of 20 kids and they're all six years old. So there's lots of different dynamics, lots of personalities and lots of flaws and lots of awesomeness. So what would happen is I would look at those cumes in January, February and be like, wait, what? I don't see that. That's impossible. Because the child would start to believe that about themselves and then they would become it. So the saying goes, you believe it and you will achieve it. The same thing goes for our kids. The way we talk to them is the way that they're going to talk to themselves. So for always telling them things like you never listen, you have a bad temper, your room is always messy. I think you have attention issues. I think you have ADD. I think you have anxiety. Or even if you think it in your head, that is what the child will become because you will say it in your brain first and then your brain will go and find evidence for it. So I always help parents to hold on to that thought and then make sure you give equal airtime to all the things that are awesome. So when I get an email and says, I have a seven-year-old who has ADD and is on the spectrum, that's like telling me their horoscope is that they're Libra. That is a very small part of them. So when Lily and I are texting, if I'm at the store and she's home, I'll say W-Y-D. And that stands for, what are you doing? You have to talk in their lingo. She's almost 13. And then I'll say, what are you doing? She's like, just chilling. And she'll always say W-B-U, which means, what about you? It should be W-A-U. But to play along, their texting lingo is W-B-U. And so I love this lingo because I always like to use this in my own life and with clients and with moms and with people that I'm helping of WBU. Because when you can say the things WBU to yourself, then you can see how similar you are to your kids instead of judging your kids. Because a lot of times when we're heavily judging someone else, that is reflecting back something within ourselves that we don't like or that we want to improve upon that we see in someone else that we're envious of. So WBU, think about how you think about your kids and just know that they're thoughts and thoughts create feelings and feelings become our actions. Now a self-fulfilling prophecy, it's a psychological phenomenon. 
the way someone is predicting or expecting something and then this prediction or expectation coming true simply because the person believes it will. This works great with kids because whatever they're hearing over and over and over about themselves, they become more of that. So the WBU works in the self-fulfilling prophecy because... If you think your child has anxiety, has a hard time keeping their room clean, has ADD, has a lack of self-control, then just say, what about you? Not from a place of beating yourself up, but from a place of, oh, I'm just like my child. I can relate with that. And then you can have grace and compassion for your child. The child is here to teach us where we need to grow. So when you see things in your child that bring up emotions, always say WBU. Where do you have anxiety? Where do you have ADD? Where do you have lack of self-control? Where do you have a messy room? When we can ask these questions about ourselves and then it comes from a place of empowerment, then we're not so hard on our kids because sometimes we want them to be perfect so we can feel like we're doing a good job. But when we can see them as humans, having a human experience, flawed and awesome, then we can see ourselves as flawed and awesome and having human experience. Because they're just humans being humans. And guess what you are? A human being a human. Guess what I am? A human being a human, trying my best, forgetting the rest. So I want you to give that same grace and compassion to yourself that you're trying your best and you can forget the rest. And then your child is trying their best and they can forget the rest. So for always telling our child, you don't listen, you procrastinate, you have ADD, you're lazy, guess what you're going to get more of? A child who procrastinates, a child who doesn't listen, a child who is lazier. And a lot of times these messages carry with them till they're an adult. Because I can ask grown-ups now of messages they heard when they were 5, 9, 14, 17, and it's like it was yesterday. Because you know that saying, sticks and stones break my bones, but words never hurt me? I disagree with that saying. Sticks and stones may break your bones, but words do hurt because words matter. We did this exercise every year when I was teaching and also as a counselor. We had this puppet and we would say these things about the puppet. We had a picture of a heart. And then every time we'd say these things about the puppet, we would kind of tease the puppet and say unkind things. We would take a squirt of toothpaste and we would put it on this paper heart. And the paper heart was symbolic of the puppet. So we'd say, oh, you have funny eyes, or I don't like that hair, or your ears are crooked. Why do you have glasses on? And so the children would practice, and they knew it was a game, so it was a safe place to practice. And they said, why are you putting toothpaste on the heart every time? I said, well, that's a little cut that we're making in their heart, because the words that we say to each other matter. So when we say these words to this puppet, it puts a little dent a little cut on her heart. And so to symbolize that cut or that hurt or that pain, we're gonna put a little drop of toothpaste. So they would say the thing, put the toothpaste on the heart. Say the thing, put the toothpaste on the heart. We did this 10 or 15 times. And then I said, okay, now we're gonna make it up to the puppet and we're gonna apologize. We're gonna give her a hug. We're gonna say, I'm gonna make this better. We're gonna give her compliments. We're going to do everything that we just did. We're going to do it 10 or 15 times. We gave her 10 or 15 critical statements. So now we're going to do 10 or 15 compliments, hugs, apologies. You get to choose. We're going to make this up to this puppet. And so we went through that exercise. And every time we did the compliment, we did the hug, we did the I'm sorry, we put the toothpaste back in the tube. Now you can imagine what that's like trying to put a toothpaste squirt back into the tube. It doesn't work. And so it was an illustration to, 
Yes, it's very important that you make up and you apologize and you give hugs and you make sure they know it's an event, not a pattern. Those are all very important. But do you see that they still leave stains and they leave stains on their heart? And so we have to remember that with our kids because they are so impressionable. They believe whatever you tell them. Think about it. The younger kids especially, they believe that there's a big jolly man on the N-O-R-T-H-P-O-L-E. I'm spelling just in case we have ears. If they lose a tooth, that someone is going to fly in their house and leave money underneath their pillow. Isn't that amazing that a fairy can do that? You get the point. You see how little and impressionable their brains are. Now, the way that we talk to our kids is usually a reflection of how we talk to ourselves. This is really good news because once we start cleaning up the way that we talk to ourselves, we will project and see that within our children. We will see them as a child of God, as a soul having a human experience. We will see them as a child from the universe, from the stork. Whatever you believe, you will see your child as separate from you and not codependent and enmeshed within you. That is trauma bonding when we are so enmeshed and codependent and need them to be a certain way so we can feel better about ourselves. We are using our children as a pawn to make us feel a certain way. How do I know this? Because I did this. Now, this does not mean you're riding on rainbows and seeing unicorns all day. You can still help your child to be the best version of themselves, but not make it mean anything about yourself and know that this is a journey and not a destination. It's kind of like Grady with his spelling words. Every single week, he gets a new list of spelling words, and they're beginning progressively harder every week. Does that mean at the beginning of fourth grade, he was a bad speller? No, 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 no. It just means that he's ready for the next list and the next list and the next list. And I'm 45, and I'm still working on my spelling list. He had a word the other day, octopus, which I thought was O-C-T-U-P-U-S. It's O-C-T-O-P-U-S. Now, spell check would have covered that. So do you see we're so much more like our children than we even realize? And so instead of freaking out on our kids and losing our mind on them, give them grace and compassion, just like we give ourselves grace and compassion. Like when Grady was in first grade, I told you that story about how he was having issues with time management and responsibility and being organized. Does that mean he's a bad kid and he was born that way and it can't ever change? Absolutely not. You find the opposite of those traits that are bothersome. You fix them within yourself first, one thing at a time. It's a journey, not a destination. Those are issues that I have all the time with responsibility, with organization, and with time management. I'm on a different spelling list. I might be a little bit better than him, but I can see a lot of him inside of me. I can see me inside of him. Now, I don't use that information to beat myself up. I use that information to improve myself so then he can absorb it from me. And then I catch him, set him up for success, doing those things, reinforcing that, how it makes him feel versus how it makes me feel. And boom, that is how you work on those traits. He's in fourth grade now. Guess what? Super responsible, pretty organized, amazing at time management. First grade, not so much. Whatever you see in your child, if your child isn't listening, set them up for success, catch them listening, reinforce how it makes them feel when they listen. Boom. Do that over and over. Rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. Because you want to measure positives over how many negatives. When I was in a relationship in college and just after college, it was a really toxic, strenuous relationship. And I remember my mom saying, Kelly, is this an event or is this a pattern? And I said, well, it comes and goes. It's sometimes a pattern, sometimes not. She said, I want you to look at the calendar. And every single day, I want you to give a grade for the day of how 
you two get along and your overall happiness. The good days should outweigh the bad days. And so I did that and made me very conscientious and very conscious of, whoa, I was kind of taking these red flags that I was seeing and I was just painting them white because I wanted to make it all better. And I was trying to see the good and try to see the positive. You want to be realistic at the same time and make sure that you're making more deposits into your children versus withdrawals. Now, go back to the love languages. What is their love language? If they're all five, pick what you think is the top, make deposits after deposits after deposits. But make sure you're making those deposits within your own heart first. So then you can take from your savings in your heart and make withdrawals from yourself to deposit into other people because you will gain the interest on that deposit. Do you see how your intention with that deposit is much different? Then look at all that I've done for you. What have you done for me lately? Because you're making your own deposits first with compliments, looking for the good, telling me all the amazing things about your child. Because if you're telling me all the amazing things about your child, you're gonna go find evidence for those things. If you think about writing an email to me or someone else needing help, it's important to make sure you include both. And not but. My child is really nice, but he never listens. Dr. Phil says, when you say the word but, it negates everything before that word. And when I was teaching first grade, I told my students every single day, you are an amazing reader. You must be so proud of yourself for being such a good reader. You are such a good writer. You must be so proud of yourself how hard you work on your writing. You are really quick with those math facts. I'm impressed. You're like a computer. How do you do that? That must fill you up. You are so kind to your friends. Look how you helped them up when they fell. Where did you get that idea to think like that? Your heart is so beautiful. What's it like to have a heart like that inside of you? Over and over and over. Because I was looking for it. I was looking for evidence of it, finding it, reinforcing it, and telling them how it made them feel. So then guess what happens over time? Their inner voice gets stronger. Wow, I'm a really nice kid. I'm really responsible. I'm really like lightning fast with my math. I am such a great reader. And these are students in first grade who knew the cat likes to run. And in first grade, they should come in knowing 220 sight words or be knowing that pretty soon. So they believe whatever you tell them. And the word brainwash has a bad rap, but what if we're able to wash their brains of all the negative input? Because they're gonna get plenty of it and just fill them up over and over and over until they're overflowing. So when the I'm not good enough thoughts come in, they have other thoughts to counteract it. This does not mean that you think all day what an amazing person you are and you're sliding on rainbows. You will see the comments and the thoughts come in, but you'll be thinking about your thinking and you'll just get super fascinated about it. And then you'll be able to see your kids thinking about their thinking and you'll get super curious and not furious. The only reason why we yell is from lack and fear of not being good enough. So when we take away the yelling, we have to think about our thinking, think about where we were brainwashed and conditioned and what was being washed in our brain. Was it positive? Was it negative? Was it a little combination of both? I was working with a mom and she was told her whole life how lazy she was. So she can't sit down for one nanosecond to relax because she feels like if I just keep going, then I won't be lazy. Guess how burnout she is? Because your body needs to slow down just like a charger on a phone. It needs to recharge. It needs to unwind. It needs to disconnect. But she was so worried that her mom was right. So she spent every single waking day proving that she was wrong, even though her mom was not in her life. Her mom lived states away. But that loop pattern over and over, you're so lazy, you're so lazy, you're so lazy. And I said, how would you describe your mom? And she said, oh, she's so lazy. She smokes all the time, doesn't have a job, always in between jobs. And she was like, oh, 
Eureka, I see it. She was projecting how she felt about herself onto me and that it was a self-fulfilling prophecy into me that I felt like I was the lazy one. So she became this crazy overachiever just to disprove her mom, even though her mom was wrong all along. Her mom was talking about herself, projecting it onto her. But this is normal. Her mom wasn't doing anything wrong. Her mom was just unconscious. She didn't have the tools that we have now. And that's okay. Because when we can wake up and kind of leave the vortex of other people's opinions, meaning something about us, and then we become more of it to prove that the person was right or the person was wrong, then we're living someone else's life. So we were taught as teachers and educators in the schools when we're making rules for the classroom, don't tell the child what not to do, tell the child what to do. Like right now, if I tell you, don't think of a pink elephant, don't think of a pink elephant, all you're gonna do is think about a pink elephant. So instead of telling your child, don't run around the pool, saying things like, I love your walking feet, look at you. That's so impressive. Or if they're running, let me see your walking feet, please. Instead of saying, don't run, don't hit, don't ignore me. Always say in the positive, use your walking feet. Use your nice hands. Great listening skills. Listen with your eyes. I want to see your pretty eyes while I'm talking. Do you see how that's different? Then you're so annoying, you never listen to me. Then you're going to get a child who's even more annoying and never listens to you even more. So write down all of the things that you love about your child and then go find more of that. Then the things that irritate you and you're worried about and they frustrate you, take the opposite of that, catch them doing that, then reinforce that. And guess what this always comes back to? What are the things you love about yourself? Do more of that. What are the things about yourself that irritate you and drive you crazy? Write down the opposite of that and then do more of that. And then catch yourself doing that reinforce that because there is a little girl and a little boy that still lives inside of you. So I don't want you to think that he or she just all of a sudden disappears when you become a grown up. The little girl, the little boy is always living inside of the big boy and the big girl. And so when you can see that in yourself, you're going to be able to see it in your spouse, in your neighbors, in your friends, in your coworkers, and then you can see it in yourself. And then what's even more beautiful is that you can see it in your child and you can talk to them in the way that you wanted to be spoken to when you were little. Once you start doing that to your child, then you're able to do it to yourself and give that gift to yourself that maybe you were given or maybe you weren't given. Because we have two chances at this parent-child relationship. The first one, we had no say in it whatsoever. Just a lot of thoughts brainwashed into our brain of how our parents thought about themselves projected onto us. And so now, guess what's happening? You're projecting how you feel about yourself onto your child. So this is a beautiful journey and it's not a destination. So keep showing up and keep looking for the good and you will find eons and eons of it. And then you'll reinforce it and you'll get more of it. I'll talk to you next week. I love you guys. Bye-bye. Hey, mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, Send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.